0: Shalom Chavarim. Welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. We are here to help Christians make sense of their roots so they can help the Jewish people make sense of Jesus. My name is Matt, and I'm here with my dad, Ron. Say hello. Shalom, y'all. It's been a bit. We've been been away for just a bit. Yeah. We get busy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a life. Yeah. (laughs) When we're not doing this. (laughs) So funny. Well, uh, Give us a a reminder. What are we doing here with the Jewish Road? It starts with a two act play.
1: Our our whole premise is that uh, there are two acts of this play, and the Jewish people bought tickets to both acts of the play, and they showed up, saw Act One, and at intermission went out through the uh, through the lobby and went home. Didn't even see second act. No, no. You know who saw the second act? No, tell me. The Gentile Christians bought tickets to the same two-act play, and they missed the entire first act. They got there late. They got there late. Which
0: is more of a Jewish thing. We're always running a little bit late.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, they got there late this time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And uh, they saw the second act, and the two of them probably passed each other in the lobby somewhere and then never saw each other again. Yeah.
0: And the tragedy of the whole thing is that neither group really got to hear the whole story. Right. So we're here to share the whole story
1: we want to we want to bring the Jewishness of this entire story concerning the Messiah we want to bring it to bear on both groups that's right
0: so that's what we're here to do and we believe that we're we're actually living if you are alive and you're listening to this right now you're living a story it's your story and i would say even that that the story of god is the ultimate story it's the grand meta narrative right, right? Yeah. It's a great moment when you realize that God is part of your story. We are all these little subplots, yeah. but it's an even greater moment when you realize that your story is actually part of a
1: larger story. It's his story. Yeah. The, the vital point in life is when your story crosses with his story. That intersection. That intersection.
0: And all of our subplots, our own micro stories and subplots as we intersect with one another were forever changed. Yeah. Hopefully we're pushing each other towards the good. Yeah. Now, hey, we are coming up against uh, the year end. Uh, We are a nonprofit organization, The Jewish Road. Uh, What are we doing? (laughs) And uh, as we're coming here uh, to the end of the year, there is something called... Giving Tuesday. Did you even know about Giving Tuesday? I didn't know about it. Yeah, we're, we're getting something for every day of the week towards the end of the year. So there's the Black Friday, right? So we have right after Thanksgiving, we have Black Friday. And then there's Cyber Monday, where it's basically like Black Friday, but it's, you know, you get all the stuff on Amazon or something like yeah. that.
1: So I'm giving all year long. What's the significance of Giving Tuesday? Well... Giving
0: Tuesdays a day that... I who makes these holidays up? Maybe it's Hallmark or something, but... I don't
1: know. I don't know. Well, I never heard of it growing up as a Jew. I know. Most, we missed out somewhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> most of the time, we're, we we just kind of look at all the holidays and say, Ah, eh, we're not going to do that. But uh, we'll, we'll join in in this one because we have some goals. Um, and our goal this year, before the end of 2021, uh, we have a goal of raising $25,000. Now, what do we want to do with that? This last year, we, we've established a nonprofit. We have a blog, we have a website, we have email addresses with our name on it. All kinds
1: of advice from everybody under the sun, including <laughs> lawyers. That's right. What are we doing? Yeah.
0: <laughs> but then next year we said, let's, let's be ambitious, right? Um, you're only going to live this story once. And so that $25,000, what we want to do, we are right now, we're broadcasting from a podcast studio that we built uh, in this basement in central Kentucky. That's right, and uh, every week we're down here. We add more stuff to it. We have lights now.
1: Uh, you brought the heater down because we're it's it's cold down here. <laughs> we're, we're freezing, and uh, you know somebody won't let us turn the heater on.
0: <laughs>
1: we she will go unnamed, <laughs>
0: yes. but it is it's always cold here. <laughs> yeah.
1: For for my own survival, she'll go unnamed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be forty degrees outside, and the windows are open. Yeah, and she's out there raking leaves. It's fantastic. Oh, you, fantastic. Go to oh, you go to So, uh. One of those things we want to do is we, uh, so this is the podcast studio, and we want to continue with the podcasts, of course, and we're going to get some friends of ours, some some other Jews, believe it or not. We know some other Jews, and we're going to have them on the podcast. Through Both t- of them? <laughs> yes, they're, they're all family members. Uh, but in addition to the podcast, we're also going to do some video. And in order to do that, we're going to expand the studio. We're going to add some more lights because you know we have a couple candles going on right here. <laughs> you can barely see a thing. Um, so maybe those lights will actually add some more warmth down here. But we're going yeah. to build out- When you out turn
1: the lights on, you don't have to say a brucha.
0: The, there you go. The, nobody understood that, but that's nobody.
1: great. Somebody
0: did. Somebody. It's our two friends, our two yeah. Jewish friends. Uh, so we want to build out a video studio. Now, even though there are some people who say that we have faces that belong only on a podcast, we're going to, we're going to challenge that just a bit. And we're going to do a video studio. You're, <laughs> I see you laughing. What are you
1: doing? Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Got a face for radio.
0: <laughs> I mean, radio, nobody even knows what that is now. It's just all podcasts. Oh my gosh. So what, what kind of videos would we make if we're going to do this? We're going to yeah. have some courses. What What are some of the things that we're going to talk about?
1: Oh gosh! Talk about the uh, Jewishness of the Messiah. Going to talk about uh, his his coming. That's right to Israel, his people.
0: So you know these things. That there's there's initial investment costs for some of these things, and then there's some ongoing. Like what we've learned is, man, there's there's just things that happen every month that uh, that that become a cost. Uh, in addition to those two things, so those are the recordings, the audio and video recordings coming up. Uh, but we also want to do some live events. Believe it or not, there's some people that want to actually have us come out. So we're we're already getting churches that are saying, "Hey, will you come out and do a Passover Seder?" Um, so we're we're starting to book some of those. So to get us out there locally, uh, we want to we want to throw some Shabbat dinners. We're meeting some pastors here in the area, and so we want
1: to do some yeah. Shabbat dinners and. Yeah. We're getting, getting a lot of uh, input from pastors, uh, pastors who, who want to know, given the circumstances of the things that are happening today in the world, they want to know what is happening here. They feel it's the end of history, and they want to know how this relates to them, how it relates to Israel, where is Israel in all of this, uh, and what about the Messiah?
0: That's right. And then the last thing that we have, just kind of on the goal, the hit list for 2022, is we're going to put out some books. Not some really big, massive volumes, but just eBooks, basically. And the first one that we have that we are finishing up <laughs> or starting, no, we're working on it. We're, we're in we're, the middle. We're in the middle. Um, is we're we're putting out a book that is going to address Jewish issues and
1: Christmas. What we're calling it is "Questions Every Jew Should Be Asking About Christmas." And it's focusing really on the coming of Messiah. Yeah, so
0: uh, looking at the incarnation through Jewish eyes, essentially, right? right? And that came up, we have a friend out in California, she said, hey, we have some friends who are Jewish and uh, we have tennis court in the backyard, uh, but now we play pickleball. And, uh, <laughs> their friends Never that come played up played pickleball, is it kosher pickleball? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> right? Or dill pickle. Well, uh, who knows what it is, but she said, we want to be able to share, uh, something with them over the holidays. So and we're going to do it. So we're going to do it. Yeah. You, know, you ask and we deliver. So we're going to put out books. So here's what we're here's, here's, uh, we're going to make a deal with you. Uh, any gift that's given before the end of the year here, uh, we will give you a free download to that ebook and you'll be able to give that out to your friends. Um, And that will be available starting on December 9th. So we will, uh, and there's some fun significance to that, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Okay, that's all the housekeeping. But you can give, uh, you can do that by uh, sending a check out. Go to our website, thejewishroad.com. You can make a check payable to The Jewish Road, and uh, you can also donate on the website. Uh, There's a big button there. So uh, before we jump in, Boy, this is like the longest intro in the world, but we can't skip this. Um, we, we have a little bit of Jewish humor, and uh, we've already told the jokes that we can't put on the podcast, the, not, the inappropriate Jewish humor. That'll be another podcast for another time. But um, you said you had one. I heard you in your office today just laughing to yourself. I poked my head, and what are you doing? <laughs> You're just laughing to yourself. You had a good one, huh?
1: Yeah, well, a couple of good ones, you know. I mean, uh, you know, does anybody remember Henny Youngman? Well, I mean, I know the, nope. name, I know the name, name. Is there anybody out there who remembers Henny Youngman? Raise your hand.
0: Oh, oh one there person. You go. One. Okay, hand. so All somebody
1: right. remembers yeah. Henny Youngman. I th- I thought it was funny. He made a remark once. He said, I wanted to become an atheist, but I gave up. They have no holidays. <laughs> <laughs> was that your joke? That was it? It was just a little one. You want more? Uh, you know, we Jewish people, we, we, we have a lot in our history to worry about. We worry about a lot of things. It's part of the Jewish uh, Jewish uh, mindset that we worry, and uh, even when we send a telegram, it says "Start worrying." Details to follow. Those are good. They're okay. They're okay. I
0: mean, yeah, it's 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 kind of a shtick. How
1: how how about uh, the graciousness of the Jewish people? Okay. Okay. You're uh, for example, you're, you're just you're you're rocket firing. That's what you're doing right now. Well, okay. I don't know. I'm trying to find something that you'll think is funny. Yeah, you haven't got there yet. There's a Jewish doctor. And he says to his patient, uh, he says to this man, he says, you have six months to live, but he couldn't pay his bill. So the doctor gave him another six months.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's is this is better. <laughs> yeah, I have one. And then we'll move on here. Uh, this is uh, about Jewish mothers. Oh. All right. There are three Jewish mothers and they're sitting on a bench and they're arguing over which of their sons loves her the most. So the first Jewish mother, she says, well, you know, my son sends me flowers every Shabbat. Second Jewish mother, she says, you call that love? My son calls me every day. That's nothing, says the third woman. My son is in therapy five days a week, and the whole time he talks about me. (laughs) Okay. Is that good? That's good. I think I won today. Not that it's a competition, but Uh, I did win.
1: It took me three. There you go. And I
0: I think he's still... Anyway. Hey, uh, let's transition here. We have some stuff to talk about. All right. Well, here we go. Let's get into this. Hanukkah's coming up. We want to talk about Hanukkah, uh, and we talk about 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Act 1... And Act 2. Right. But those 400 years were not so silent.
1: No. We can be talking about the end of the Old Testament period with the book of Malachi, or in the Jewish Tanakh, it doesn't end with Malachi, it ends with Second Chronicles. Hold on, you just said Tanakh. Explain. Oh, Tanakh, Hebrew rendering for the Old Testament. Um, the three Hebrew letters, the the Torah, the Nevi'im, and the Ketuvim that we get Tanakh from the Law, the Prophets, and the Writings. Okay, so that essentially, if we're going to translate this, it's the Jewish
0: Old Testament. That's the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, called the Tanakh. So when we're looking at our Bibles today, we have Genesis up to Malachi. That's not really the chronological order, but if you actually look in the Tanakh today, it goes from what? Genesis to Chronicles. Genesis to Chronicles, when we have First and Second Chronicles. Why, why is that significant?
1: Well, there was, there was a point, uh, in, I think it's in Matthew 23, where Yeshua, Jesus, uh, is responding to the fact that uh, the Jewish leaders said that if they had been alive then, they would not have spilled any of the blood of the prophets. And he said that you are responsible for the blood from righteous Abel all the way to Zechariah, who was uh, murdered uh, in the temple. And uh, when he made those two references to Abel and Zechariah, Abel is obviously in Genesis, and Zechariah is in Chronicles. I think it's Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 35. 35, yeah. Um, And uh, that would be saying you're responsible from beginning to end, the whole thing.
0: Looking at the Tanakh.
1: Right, and don't get Zechariah confused. There is Zechariah. There's a book
0: in the Tanakh, the the prophet Zechariah, yeah. but this is saying you are responsible for that. So, anyway, we will we'll push pause on on that 400 year period. And but but what's significant, and as we were talking about it, we were saying that that 400 year period, uh, it it. It begins with a Deliverer coming, and that 400 years, there's a waiting for the Deliverer to come, and we see that Deliverer coming in the person of... Yeshua. Yeshua, Yeshua. Messiah. yeah. So he comes, and we'll get to that, because there's a story in there that's significant that's coming up. And then you said something then I didn't even think about it. I thought, "Oh, that's that's genius. Let's talk about that for No, okay, I don't want to say genius because I think it was genius and as
1: soon as you tell me what it is I said. I don't know. Yeah.
0: to <laughs> have to get you a bigger pillow if I tell you that you're a genius. I thought it was insightful that you said,
1: "This wasn't the only 400-year period of waiting." Yeah. There was another 400 years. Uh, it was the 400 years when Israel was enslaved in Egypt.
0: Yeah, so if we back that story up a little bit, uh, that that story in in Genesis, uh, we we recount and we look at the story of a man named Joseph. Now, Joseph's a hero of mine in the Bible, did so many great things in his life. He stood for the Lord, for God, every chance that he could.
1: Um, But give us a a quick snapshot of of his story. Well, it's it's interesting that uh, Joseph, uh, a favorite uh, son of... uh, His father, uh, Jacob, who sent him uh, one day, uh, I think it's Genesis 37, to look for his brothers who were tending sheep. And uh, he was heading up to Shechem, up north of where they were. They weren't there, uh, but they moved a little bit further north, maybe about 10 miles north, to a place called Dotham which was actually on the trade route to Egypt. Going straight through there, right? So it's
0: that, that, that trade route. This is why Israel even today is so important. It's this crossroads between, you know, yeah. you got Turkey up there, modern-day Turkey today connecting down to Africa and Egypt down there in the south. And so yeah. Israel's right there in the middle. So they're
1: on that trade route, yeah. and, and Joseph comes out. He has a message from their yeah. father. It's, it's very significant because uh, if he would have stopped in Shechem... Um, the things that transpired afterwards would never have taken place. But since he's on the trade route to Egypt, we can see the providential hand of God involved in the life of Joseph, and not only Joseph, but in the life of the brothers and in the life of the entire nation, that uh, Joseph ends up being sold by the brothers who don't like him at all, uh, sold into slavery into Egypt. And he spends many, many years in Egypt, doesn't see his family, doesn't see his brothers again for about 20 years. Right, so you see some of
0: these things. Genesis 39, he's fending off his boss's wife, and uh, that gets him thrown into prison, and that's Genesis 39. Genesis 40, he's uh, he's in prison, but he still honors the Lord. He speaks on behalf of God. He's interpreting dreams for a cupbearer, a baker, and eventually even Pharaoh himself, Right. and then that gets him elevated. And right. he goes from enslaved in a prison— to number number two.
1: two in charge in Egypt. Not too bad. Yeah. And so he's in charge, and there is a famine in the land, and uh, part of the dreams that he interpreted was that there were going to be seven years of plenty, and there was going to be seven years of famine. And uh, he prepared Egypt for the seven years of famine with uh, the gathering and uh, storing of the grain. And when the famine hit, it hit, uh, it hit Joseph's uh, family, uh, no, they're they're still back in Canaan. They're back in the land of Canaan, and uh, they are they are there starving to death at this point. And uh, Jacob says, you've got to go to Egypt and buy grain for us. And, and- it's interesting too. Cause I, I've been to Egypt a couple times and Egypt has
0: always been known as the land of plenty. It's the fertile land and mm-hmm. it's in, you look at a satellite map of Egypt and you got the Nile, it's going, it's flowing up, it's going north and, and every season it, it will overflow and the silt and the sediment, it creates some of the most fertile land. And so look at that satellite, you have the Nile River, on either side, it's absolutely green, some of the best farmland in all of the world. And then you got desert on the yeah. east and west for thousands of miles. Yeah. And they're, they're feeling. So, if, if you want, historically, ancient Egypt was always the one that if you were hungry, if you wanted food, you'd go to the land of plenty. So,
1: we have the brothers, they're hungry. Go to Egypt. They're they're in the middle of a famine, and they they go down. Ten of the brothers. uh, Benjamin was left behind. He's the youngest. Uh, Jacob just couldn't bear to let him go uh, because he had already lost in his mind. And actually, in reality, he had lost Joseph, and he didn't want to lose Benjamin because the two of them were the children of the wife who he really loved, Rachel. And so... Well, fast forward now. So we have the brothers,
0: and they show up in Egypt, and Joseph is there.
1: Joseph is there, and he's in Egypt. They come to buy grain. He sees them coming. He recognizes them. He recognizes his brothers, and the brothers don't recognize him, though. And you got to ask the question, why is it that they don't recognize Joseph? And I think the answer is is because Joseph doesn't look like Joseph anymore. Uh, He looks like an Egyptian. He's dressed like an Egyptian. He speaks a foreign language. They don't recognize him at all, even though he recognizes him. And uh, years ago, I had to stop there and think to myself, um, you know, this is so much a picture of the Messiah. And Joseph is a type of the Messiah anyway uh, in, in all of these dealings. And in being a type of Messiah, you know, our Jewish people, the Lord Yeshua recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. And uh, it, it began with rejection, uh, obviously, but over the years, uh, they, they have come now from through the generations uh, to look at Yeshua, Jesus, and he is unrecognizable to the Jewish people. And I think part of that is because he doesn't look Jewish anymore.
0: And I, I think it's a little bit of what we're trying to do here, is restore the Jewishness of Jesus, to really put him back into his context of who he really was. He right. was the Jewish Messiah. Now, that, that is this piece of, of the brothers, they're coming, and, and there is this moment of forgiveness and, and restoration. But what we want to talk about next is a game changer, not only for Joseph and his brothers, but for the course of history. Everything starts to change. And this is the one thing that Joseph is remembered for. All right, so we're at the end of Genesis.
1: We're at the end of the book of Genesis, chapter 50. And Joseph... We've
0: had the reconciliation with the brothers.
1: Things are back. Uh, father's back in the picture. Benjamin shows up. and Yeah, Jacob is... is in Egypt now, Benjamin is there, the whole family is together. They have been together by the time we get to Genesis 50 uh, for quite a while. There are a lot of silent years that uh, took place in between uh, what we read previously of all of the dealings and everything that went on with the family coming down to Egypt, and now when Joseph is about to die. He's 110 years old at this point. He's 110 years old, and he calls the family together. He says, I'm about to die. And he says something really interesting. He says, but God will surely take care of you. God will, in other words, visit you and bring you up from this land to the land which he promised on oath to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. And we kind of have a Lador Vador. It's a Hebrew expression uh, talking about from generation to generation. And he is laying out, for them the fact that uh, God is going to visit them. And they probably uh, had in mind when he said that, he's gonna take you out of here and bring you to the land that he swore to our fathers. Um, I would imagine they had been there for generations now and somebody probably piped up and said, or the attitude was that, what do you mean you're gonna take us out of here? This is our home. Uh, this This is where we grew up. This is where I met my wife. This is where I went to school. This is where I got my job. I went to college. I did all of this stuff. You know, I, I kind of look at that and I think to myself, uh, if somebody came along and said that to the Jews in America, you know, what uh, what do you mean? You're going to take us out of here? We like it here. Yeah, this is this is our home, and so uh, this is this is what is happening. But he goes on to say, uh, Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, "God will surely take care of you, or God will surely visit you." and you shall carry my bones up from here. So in other words, there's coming a day when God is going to visit the children of Israel, and Joseph asks them to take his bones out of there. And Joseph didn't have some kind of a morbid preoccupation with bones. He was in touch with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob,
0: and this is this is not a Messiah complex, right? like this is not a, a worship no. thing here. can I can I can we tag team here for a second because mm-hmm. I, I can take over here for a second you know the, this piece of his story is significant, but you think about all of the things that Joseph had done over the course of his life, right? sold out for dead by his brothers. Mm-hmm. And the brothers did not have this great plan. Hey, we're going to get you to Egypt so you can have a really great life and get out of this yeah, hellhole, right? <laughs> so no, they, they did not know any of that. Mm-hmm. They left him for dead. They told dad that he was dead. But he goes there. he he resists temptation. Uh, he's interpreting dreams. He saves not only his family, but he saves all of Egypt from food and famine, with the with with food, from the famine. And then we get to the Hall of Faith. And in Hebrews eleven, this is the short list mm-hmm. of, you know, the people that had honored God through tremendous faith and out of everything, this litany of great things that Joseph had done in his life. Which one of these things did Joseph do? that God remembered him for. Well, it's that moment. It's that verse that you just read. In yeah. Hebrews eleven twenty two. Yeah. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders concerning his bones.
1: Which is totally remarkable because when you consider the life of Joseph and everything that he went through... Uh, being sold into slavery, being cast into a prison, uh, being accused of uh, uh, of going after Potiphar's wife, uh, and all of these things in the ups and downs of Joseph's life, the one thing that he's remembered for here is that when God comes and visits you, take my bones with you.
0: Yeah, he had an Egyptian title. He married an Egyptian wife. He had an Egyptian lifestyle. And yet, he really never bought the whole package. Right. He, he said, I'm here, but yeah, I, we, we got something better cooked yeah. up here. He knew his citizenship was not in Egypt, but there was a promised land that God had promised. And so he gathers his family around and he says, hey, swear to me, promise me that when I'm gone, you're going to take my bones and you're going to get them out of here,
1: you know, it brings us to an end of a story. It brings us to an end of an era, because in the last verse, he says, "So Joseph died at the age of 110 years, and he was embalmed and placed in a coffin in Egypt." And an interesting point here is we have the the entire book of Genesis, uh, which is a book of beginnings. That's what Genesis means, and Genesis begins with, "In the beginning, God created." the heavens and the earth and everything that's in it. And uh, we have all of this uh, fabulous documentation of God's dealing and and creating. And it begins with that, and it ends with a coffin in Egypt. There's something
0: that takes place, and we talked about the 400 years. Well, it's really, you, you fast forward from Genesis 50 to Exodus 1, and there's a new pharaoh in town.
1: And there's a pharaoh who knew not Joseph.
0: Yeah. it's interesting that there, there's that bridge that connects in that 400 years, but for 400 years, you know, Israel goes from being honored in that nation to now they're enslaved. Right. They've grown. And not only have they grown, they grew so much that they threatened that Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. And so now the Israelites, they're enslaved. It's 400 years later. And you know, I, at this point people must be thinking, Joseph your your bones are going to be here for a long time I don't think we're getting out of this place yeah. it's not looking good
1: well if anybody said that they were right yeah it
0: wasn't looking good yeah. well so God sends a deliverer and yeah. that deliverer was Moses right now there there's obviously there's some connections between Moses and another deliverer to come coming into the act 2 into the New Testament but that that Moses is is a type and pointing us to Yeshua, to Jesus.
1: Deuteronomy 18, uh, verse 15, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. This is Moses speaking. He's going to raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your countrymen. You shall listen to him. Moses is talking about uh, a prophet who is going to be raised up one day from amongst our own countrymen. And... He's directing the children of Israel that they should listen to him. And that's exactly uh, what happened uh, when Yeshua came on the scene when he was born. Uh, and he was the prophet that Moses was talking about. But we're not going to give too much of that We're not going to get into that Let's,
0: right let's close out the, the story, the narrative of Joseph. Now, even though he's dead, it's 400 years later. And even mm-hmm. beyond that, Moses comes... Right? God gives him the directive and let my people go. Or Charlton Heston, Moses, the same thing. They finally get out, but there's a couple of pieces that are uh, of the narrative that are preserved. Um, And if you read through the Exodus out of Egypt, you read about the great sea, the sea parting. uh, There's a verse that's just kind of snuck in there that you might miss.
1: Exodus 13. And we're talking about they took Joseph's bones with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, when when they left Egypt, they took Joseph with him. And uh, he went through the Red Sea. He went through the battle that uh, the Jewish people fought as they entered the Promised Land, as they entered through Jericho. Uh, Joseph was with them through all of that he was with them for forty years, wandering in the wilderness.
0: yeah I mean so think about that because this is not part of any of the you know flannel graphs and coloring pages. you know as all of the Israelites they're coming through, they're walking through the Red Sea, they're they're fleeing, they're getting out of Egypt and Pharaoh's army's coming. and I love this this is uh, this is Exodus 13:19 and it says Moses took the bones of Joseph with him for he had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear god shall surely take care of you and you shall carry my bones from here with you so that's part of the scene that that we don't often picture but as they're making their way out they're also carrying this coffin and i i believe that he's this picture of god's faithfulness of god's promise yeah. that he will send a deliver that god will always deliver us
1: and so he's and he was there for 400 years in egypt Uh, as a testimony to the fact that God would deliver them.
0: And then you said all the way out of Egypt and then all the way out of the wilderness. Yeah. Now they come into the promised land, and and that's wrapped in, uh, what, Joshua 24?
1: Joshua 24. Um, And what's interesting here is you remember when uh, Jacob sent Joseph to look for his brothers, Where, where did he send them? Sent them, he went looking for them up in Shechem. They weren't there, but... Interestingly, um, when they bring Joseph through that entire wilderness, and we get to the end of the book of uh, Joshua, and we find uh, Joseph is laid in his final resting place. The place where he is buried is in Shechem.
0: That's right. It says in, in Joshua twenty four thirty two. Right. Now they buried the bones of Joseph, which the sons of Israel brought up from Egypt at Shechem, In the piece of ground which Jacob had bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for one hundred pieces of money, and they came into the inheritance of Joseph's sons. It came full circle. It did. You know, that's a it's a story loop that got opened way back there, all the way back in Genesis.
1: Five hundred years earlier.
0: Yeah. And it takes all the time. What what's implication for you for that as you think about that in, in this time period? So what?
1: Well, if you think that the Lord is slow in fulfilling his promises, there's one thing it took 500 years for Joseph to get buried.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, there's a theme that's repeated throughout the Bible, that our our citizenship is not here. It's in heaven. It's in heaven. Uh, There's a couple passages in Colossians 3. It says, set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. In Philippians 3 our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly wait for a savior the lord messiah yeshua and and joseph is saying he said don't don't start liking egypt too much don't get involved here too much we're going somewhere else yeah
1: you know it makes me think about we we need to hold on to the things of this world very loosely
0: yeah he was so serious about this he made his family uh put his his bones in a coffin, and he said, don't forget me. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a deliverer coming. And I think as we look at the time that we're living in now, and we, we've, you know, here in America, we we live pretty well for the most part, but it does feel like we're at a point in time, there's an inflection point here in history. And, and hopefully we are longing for heaven more than we want to stay here yeah. on earth. Yeah. Well,
1: some of us. <laughs> That's true. God is shaking up uh, his people.
0: Well, that's the first 400 years. That's the story of Joseph to Moses. Next time we're here, we're going to talk about the second 400 years. So, thanks for listening. Uh, You can find out more about what we're doing and things that are going on at thejewishroad.com. You can follow us on Instagram at thejewishroad. You can read blogs. You can learn about upcoming speaking events. And you can donate Uh, We also have a PDF up there on the website, The Jewish Road, five keys to bringing Jesus to the Jewish people. And you can always send us an email at shalom at thejewishroad.com. Well, thanks for listening. There is certainly more to come. And until then, sha'alu shalom Yerushalayim.
1: Pray for the peace of Jerusalem.
0: Shalom. Shalom.